The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet, my calves and fatted cattle are killed, and everything is ready, come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. My king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Twenty-six years ago, in this church, I took final vows as an oblate of the Virgin Mary. This was at night, or in the evening, and the next morning I was ordained to the diaconate. I think I laid down on that same carpet. (laughs) So it looked newer 26 years ago, but still looks pretty good. (laughs) During the day of my final vows. The final vows would be that evening, and that day was a day of preparation, I suppose, and also a day of prayer. I started receiving phone calls from various people who said, sorry, I can't come. And there was no problem really with the weather, but these people all had different reasons for not coming. Now, some were friends One or two were immediate family, and that kind of surprised me. And uh, others were perhaps uh, seminarian classmates and so on. So as I approached the final vow ceremony, which was like, I think, 7 p.m. that night, I was getting rather sad. And I thought, gee whiz, well, I have to surrender this. I feel very much at peace taking final vows, and whatever God wills, God wills. And so... I did my final vows here, and it seemed like there were a fairly good number of people here. Some I recognized, others I did not. Uh, Certainly there were some who read about it in the little bulletin. It was like a a sheet off the copier, is what we had. Um, And that was a notice that was put up, and so people read about that. 
But I was kind of curious as to who these people were. And there was a reception in the upper room, right up there, after the ceremony. And I started to talk with these people. And one or two uh, surprised me. For example, cousins who I had sent a invitation to, but I was pretty sure they would not come, ended up coming. And that was surprising. It was also quite moving because one of the cousins was uh, suffered from autism his entire life. This was the first time he was going to be in a big crowd in about 15 years. And this was his test in a certain sense. And it was very successful and he was so happy about it. There was someone else who I met on a retreat one time. And I assumed he wouldn't be able to come, and he thought he wouldn't be able to come, but at the last minute he said he felt compelled to drive from Kentucky to be here. There were two or three other people who I didn't know who they were at all. They didn't know me. They didn't know the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, but they passed by the church and they saw uh, the notice about the ceremony coming up, and they said they felt that they had to be here. Somehow God was telling them to come. Uh, One member of my immediate family said this was a life-changing experience for her. Somehow it hit her in her heart in a way that was just absolutely amazing. And then there was a daughter of St. Paul who was from Japan. She had just gotten off the airplane, literally just gotten off from Logan Airport, and heard about this final vow ceremony and asked through an interpreter, because she knew no English, and this was her first time in the, in the States, and this was her new assignment. She wanted to go immediately to this final vow ceremony of this person that she didn't know in a country that she had never visited before. <laughs> I was kind of amazed because all these people were talking about how God had struck them had reached down into their heart and called them in some way. Very few of them said, congratulations. (laughs) Very few of them said, oh, it's great to see you as an oblate of the Virgin Mary now on a permanent basis. But I was fine with that because the Lord was teaching me a big lesson. He said, you know, your ministry as a perpetually fet professed oblate of the Virgin Mary is beginning right now. It's beginning with this ceremony. And it's not about Brother John at the time, Father John now, or how I feel or how big is the cake I'm going to get when I go to the reception. It's about all these other people and how I can minister to them. And this was just really touching and amazing to me because I realized, you know, God calls everyone in different ways, um, at different times, uh, for different reasons, uh, from different contexts. Uh, And this is what we see, of course, in today's gospel. The Master is calling everyone. Those who were invited weren't fit to come. These ostensibly are the ones who should have recognized Jesus as the Messiah, and they reject him. So now go out, go out into the streets and invite every, anyone you see, uh, whomever you find. And the servants go out into the streets and they gather all they found, both bad and good, 
Yes, you have to have some sort of preparation, which is the explanation for that final paragraph, but still, everyone was invited to come to this feast, whoever you can find. And that reminds us, you know, we are all brothers and sisters. And it's very difficult because sometimes, uh, no matter how hard we try, we can judge people, even a little bit, by where they're from, the way they talk. Maybe people talk too much or they talk too little or they have a personality that's a little bit bothersome to us or they're from a country that we don't like um, or we have a different political views with these other people. But we are all brothers and sisters in Christ and we are all children of God. The patriarch Catholic Patriarch of Jerusalem has asked uh, people to spend this coming Tuesday as a day of prayer and fasting for peace uh, during this conflict which affects the people of Israel and the people of Gaza. I think that's a beautiful idea. And if anything we can agree upon it's that the innocents are always the ones that suffer the most in war. And right now there are many innocents who are suffering. They just find themselves living there in these places and are affected by missiles and bombs coming from both directions. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to remember that we are, in fact, all brothers and sisters in Christ. So this is an invitation and it comes from the Catholic Patriarch of Jerusalem. It doesn't come from the Pope. There's no obligation here. But there are many people around the world who are starting to think, yes, I would like to participate in this as well. So do as you see fit. Some prayers, some fasting, a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting, whatever the case may be. But that day coming up is Tuesday. And it's a wonderful opportunity for all of us to remember that we are brothers and sisters in Christ and that we are all children of God.